welcome to African Couch Potato. This is another episode, and today I'm joined by Jefferson Shabalala. So, what we're going to be doing is different. So, usually we have a top five, we've got our movie review, then we've got our golden oldie. But because I am with the founder of Scene Power, of Oop Dope, <laughs> of Giri Pink, no, we're just going to play and we're going to have fun with it. Jeff, how are you? I'm very well, Gino, and how are you? I'm very good. Do you want to go by Jeff or Jefferson? Look, man, I'll take them all on. You'll uh, take all of them? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because like different spaces know me as different ones, but they're all my names. Yeah. So, yeah. You are a writer. You are a director. You're now an actor. You're a, a stage presence in general, <laughs> right? You know, my first introduction to you was a classmate of mine, Nuno Tobago. Yes. Right? And she was saying that you've actually trained up a lot of industry professionals. So when I saw you as the lead on Big Nunu's Little Heist, I was like, the guy who's usually in the background is now leading this thing. And I enjoyed it so much. Oh, man, I'm glad. So for you, in front of the camera or behind and coaching people, where do you feel is like your best place to be? Wow. Um, I mean, it's such a fantastic opportunity to get a, uh, to get a chance to be in like a comedy action film of this nature. And it's also such an, an amazing opportunity to get on to work on some of the biggest productions while coaching actors. And I would like to say the sweet spot is both because I feel like this experience makes me a better coach mm. and coaching has made me a better performer. Yeah. So like, I feel like each one has got a different pocket and, mm. and all those pockets have got like different um, benefits when you play in them. Yeah. And I think like sometimes it's important to get into the field as well and play and like, and experience firsthand the things that the people you're coaching are experiencing yes. firsthand. And I think sometimes it's also good to coach because it gives you such a great nuance because when you're coaching Gino, you're, you're, you're cautioning him a lot of the time mm. and it's a mental reminder to yourself to caution yourself against that when you yes. get a chance to practice as well. So I'd say the sweet spot is a great balance of the two yeah your personal productions and now this is just theater right yeah. how do you write i'm trying to get to the point of being a writer like right when you write something do you have to like be inspired by a bird chirping in the distance or are you just always continuously thinking of what to write i think ukbala is such a such a a very personal craft and such a solo craft and such a like um, a very a very alone time craft so I often write when I have when I have the luxury of being alone mm. uh, when when I've been supported to be by myself so I often have an idea and I let that idea simmer in my brain for a long 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 time and then I begin to maybe like write a monologue yeah. write a scene write like a little character bible of the person who's really speaking the most in my brain about yes. that thing and and because I do other work, I have the luxury of letting worlds simmer in my brain yeah. and write monologues, write write dialogue, or do a scene, do a little synopsis. But then there comes a time where I just lock in and I go, okay, now it's time to get this work done. Mm. And I would spend about a couple of weeks just like really cracking in on it and getting a first draft out. Yeah. Then I would leave that. Let's simmer again, maybe read it with some actors, read it with some co-writers, send a couple of drafts, get notes, and then lock in again. Mm. In recent time, I, I've started writing on the fly. Like yes. When I have a good idea, I just put it down. 
but I've stopped doing the daily practice of writing all the time. Yeah. And I did that just to stop. I had written two consecutive plays that I felt like there was no distinction between them. I felt like the worlds were too similar. Mm. The characters were too similar. And the things I was thinking about at that time were too similar. And the style I was writing in. So I've given myself a bit of a break until something else speaks again. Yeah. And then when it comes to Ukbala, usually when I write, so for me, I think my, my biggest kind of like um, craft is writing. So right. everything stems from writing. So right. whether you're pitching to a broadcaster for a show, right. everything in his writing. And when you write, you try to preempt what the audience is going to think about it. And then you fine tune it. Uh-huh. How do you drown out those voices of, I want to write something good, but I also want to impress people? Well, I'm I'm very lucky that before anything meets the world, it's gone through a huge buffering system. It's gone through like, actors don't lie. <laughs> actors are very, because their craft is truth, mm. right? And when they're reading texts, when they're approaching monologues and they're approaching scenes, they can, you can tell by watching them if the words are true. Yeah. If, if like they ring true, if there's a sense of, actors can struggle with text if it's like not genuine. Um, and, and because we go through development phases, go through rehearsal phases, go through testing phases, go through previews for audiences, by the time a thing is like in the real, like run of it, it's gotten so many notes. It's been tweaked so many times. And I think because the theater predominantly works like that, by the time you confidently publish something or by the time you confidently stage something, it's gone through so many eyes. Mm that it's very sad if the thing is not good because it means the eyes that are around it <laughs> are not counseling <laughs> enough yeah, or, or don't care enough to say, wait a king, Gino, I don't think this is the right draft. Mm. Or, I, I'm, I've currently got a play running at the Market Theatre and this play was published over five years ago. Mm. Before it was mounted now, it went through another edit because oh. the artistic director was like, look, um, the play is good, it's at a strong place. It can be tighter in the action. Mm. It can be stronger in the dramaturgical component. Mm. And my co-publisher also said the same thing. And I had various sessions with them, rewriting, resubmitting, getting notes, rewriting again. And I watch the play now and I'm like, this is a stronger version of this production than the one that's been published five years ago. Yes. You know, and, and that ongoing continuum for me feels really good. And how important is that? Like you say ongoing continuum. So if the revision of your work, is it something that you... You, you take proudly or is it something like, ah, but it was a masterpiece. Now you've criticized <laughs> it. Now you've killed the whole thing. I take that very proudly, man. I uh, I mean, like you mentioned earlier that I do performance coaching mm. um, and I do, I think Gino's character has been locked. I arrive and my job is to make it sharper, mm. is to make it more detailed. So I can see that the actors now locked into this character is doing very well. And it's my job to go, look, man, I, th- I think your inflection here could heighten this character like this. I think your physical nuance here could do this. Th- that's still within Gino's capacity. That's still within his range as a performer, as an actor, to do that. And because he's been focusing maybe on the text, maybe on the world, maybe on relationship with other actors, he might have not looked at certain things. Mm. And those things, once he looks at them, makes him a better performer in that role. Similar to writing. Yeah. Like people can go, look, when you publish this work, you were a certain age. 
you've since acquired life experience, you've since acquired, you've read more, you've been exposed to more, you are better attuned to the genre. Maybe these notes now and where you are now gives you an opportunity to see what a better version of this could be. And I think there is a time where you start going, okay, now it's locked. Yes. Now this is the final version. Any other improvements I'll take on to my next project. But as far as this work goes, this is where it stops. Yeah. And I feel like that's where I am now with this current project where I go, look, look I've achieved the most I can with this. I'd like to take future learnings mm -hmm. to other works now. Yeah. With um, Big Nunu's Little Heist. Yeah. I felt like you wrote that. Did you write that? <laughs> I think that that one feels more like a workshopped uh, yeah. kind of writing. Mm -hmm. So so the, the director, um, the writer-director is Andy, the admiral. Yes. Um, and it's, it's his story. It's his world. And obviously the the first script uh, is an English script, yes. but the cast is a mix of like an array of South Africans, yeah. right? And the film has a lot of languages in it. So like Google is Tosa, Stam, Tos, Zulu, Totsital. And those are the contributions of the cast members. Those are the contributions of like the, the team at large. Yeah. So it feels like that because it's co-authored by so many voices. Yeah. 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 Andy's disappeared, actually. Um, so now when you mentioned him, I was like, nah, man, I used to watch The Admiral. Um, <laughs> he was on Fat Joe's show. Yeah, 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 yeah. But what is he doing now? Making Big Nunu's little heist. <laughs> but you see, that's the thing. I feel like with this industry, like we always assume that people have disappeared. Yeah. Go to a Uwe, like, yeah. you know, and you don't know what people are working on. And it's like a, a lot to do with limelight focus. Mm. A, a lot to do with like if if you're not in front of a camera, if you're not in front of a mic, we think you're no longer working. Yes. Whereas like Andy's been very instrumental. Like obviously he's got the Raganites, so he's got another whole career in music. Um, he's been producing stuff. Um, he's, he's, he's an executive producer on this particular film. He's been writing a film, developing a film. So when people's other interests uh, come into play, like, it's, re it's really nice to be kinder and think, you know, people are probably working on other things or developing other things. Yeah. yeah I mean, re recently added an addition to his family. So, mm. you know, there's, the, yeah, there's, there's different things that are taking his focus. But I'm so happy also for someone like the Admiral who's been known as a film reviewer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To have his own film coming yeah. out. That's really been great. Once you start critiquing films, ne? People are like, yeah, so we can judge you. You are like, do it so that we can judge you. And with his reviews, because growing up, it was The Admiral, it was Barry Wrong, right? Uh -huh. Those are like film reviews yeah. of note. So now with The Admiral, he actually pulled it off. And I think it's because he's so conscious of what he likes to see and how he'd like to interpret things. And like still to this point, I felt like you had so much input in that film because I've seen your theater stuff. Right. And that style, there's like the, the cowboy scene right. in the beginning of the right. movie um, where by the scrapyard. Yes. That Western music. <laughs> I was like, what is going on here? You know, like you hear like a lot of Western music coming in. I was like, proper cowboy style. And that's how you, or that's how I've perceived you to always do your work. It's very mm. playful. Yeah. It's very interactive. Right. My question now, theater or TV? Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gino, mm. hey, I, I'm going to take the politically correct answer, you know. <laughs> I'll, I'll lead myself towards the sweet spot again. Um, I, I really think I once had an interesting rugby coach. Um, I was a terrible rugby player, mm. terrible rugby player. And, and my 
coach had this thing like under 14 so one you're terrible you're scrawny you have no appreciation for the game because yeah. nothing in your natural ability is making you great and for the first three weeks of that training camp no one touched a rugby ball right okay. yeah because i'm thinking yeah oh, you're gonna grab the ball you're gonna, yeah <laughs> that's the whole point yeah. is to touch the ball and you have this person who's going okay this is how you turn mm. and it's just training you're turning yeah you know this is how you accelerate and just training acceleration yeah this is how you use your eyes for catching mm. so like try catch but don't use your hands just use your eyes for catching mm. and and the, and the reason I, I i like to remember that kind of training I, it didn't make me a great rugby player by any stretch of the imagination but what it did do is that it made me realize something about zoning in on particular traits in order yeah. to improve the larger game and i think when i work on tv I can see which parts of my brain spark. Mm. I can see which parts of my thinking and creativity are sparked. And when I work on theater, it's the same kind of thing. I go, oh, okay, it's all creative vocation. It's all creative practice. But I see which different aspects of myself yes. it's demanding and which different vocations of myself is demanding and at what level. Yeah. So so it's it's very hard for me to pick one because I know what my work in TV has done for me as an overall creative. Mm. And I know what my work in the theater has done for me as an overall creative. And, and I think there are people who have um, a bigger leaning towards one or the other. And you'd find that like, it's because John T. Rhodes was a great cricketer. Yes. John T. Rhodes was a great rugby player. Yeah. John T. Rhodes was a great soccer player. But when he went pro, I think like there was an assessment or whatever that made him go, look, you know, what? out of everything you're doing, yes. this is the one you can lean in more towards and yeah. focusing here will make you much, much stronger. Yeah. And I feel that like I've had great benefit in both and both have equipped me with so much that I sit in the sweet spot of the political correctness and yes. say, I love them both, man. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, as your marketer, you've absolutely failed that because you were supposed <laughs> to choose one, you know? And you're saying both. Always wanted to play soccer, but he's a runner. Yeah. So then when he joined the soccer team, we were like, ah, maybe he's retired, you know? <laughs> reception, audience reception. So with theater, I've done very little theater. Mm -hmm. Andrew Buckland kicked me out of a whole production. <laughs> I hate him to this day. But what I liked about theater is that you instantly, like you, you, you receive what the crowd is mm -hmm. giving you mm -hmm. at that point. So mm -hmm. you know, I must tone up mm -hmm. or I must tone down, you know? With television, because it's quiet on set, <laughs> do you get the same reception? Well, I mean, the fortunate component of television is take two, take three, mm. take four. And I think, I mean, we were making this uh, Big Nunu's Little Heist, and one of, the, <laughs> one of the discipline points had to come to a director and a DP telling crew members to keep quiet. And this is not like um, misbehaving, yeah. this is like people being unprofessional it's people just being so lost in the moment yes like finding a scene so utterly funny yes and, and you know like we even started having a ritual of where we just run the scene in front of everyone let everyone get it out yes uh, you know because the reaction the performances felt so theatric and and the people who were watching them felt like they could laugh immediately yes and and i think i think like it's just about like uh 
getting the first run out mm. and then the jitters from everyone go okay cool I, I'm ready to go here <laughs> you've got your gaffer going oh my goodness what, what, what did this guy yeah. just do because also you were talking to Tony not yes. too long ago mm. and Tony's like you know like a very conscientious chilled very yeah. serious guy and then when it gets into that Puntununu yeah okay but uh, and all of a sudden you hear like crew members people just like completely canning themselves mm. And and I think, I, I think when you are on stage, yes. um, I mean I've witnessed like performers corpse because of like what other performers offer. Yes, and like it's supposed to be a super dramatic moment, and another actor does something, and you watch another actor completely trying to hold it in because yes. you are in front of a live audience, and if they see this, it's almost like there's a magic that's broken. But dif- depending on the type of show, yeah. like it's easy to like finesse it a little bit. I've yeah. watched people like completely turn their backs to the audience just to get a laugh out. Yeah. yeah you, you, you know? So when you're working in the comedy genre, you can get away with it a little bit more. But when you're working in like serious drama or domestic drama, it gets a little bit more tricky. So we've now touched on writing. Um, and I really, for the next part, want to speak about performing, right? There is a scene, and in previous reviews that I've done, there was a lot of sex talk in the sense that South Africa as the industry is moving <laughs> towards sex and it's like almost full on sex, mm-hmm. right? So I'll keep that for part two right. of this podcast. For now, we're going to take a wrap. Where can people follow you? Where can people find you? I'm available on all social media platforms. People can catch me on Instagram at Jefferson Chabalala. On Twitter, at J-Bob's Chabalala. If you're still on Facebook, Jefferson Chabalala is there as well. At J-Bob's on TikTok. Thank you. And we are at African Couch Potato on all social media platforms. Again, remember that you can subscribe. You can follow on any platform, be it Apple Podcasts, be it um, Spotify, be it Google Podcasts. And if you hit that follow button, it notifies you to let you know that a new episode is out. And if you press auto-download, it auto-downloads when you're at your boss's place so that when you get home or there's load shedding, you can still listen to it. But I'm going to kill it there for now. Until next time, I will still be with Jefferson Chawalani.